I definitely had little tidbits of women that I had you know, had a crush on and maybe hooked up with once or twice and then it didn't go anywhere. And then all of a sudden they're like mm-hmm. on a date with my other friend, like in a few weeks. <laughs> my favorite is when you're at a party and you see your friend and then they mm-hmm. introduce you to someone that they're with. And then you and that person like already know each other. Uh, <laughs> and they're like, oh, how do you know each other? And you're just like, uh, you know. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of Interstates and Heartbreak. So today's guest is very special, and I have to give a little bit of a backstory about how we were introduced. I feel really honored that with my former boss, our employee-employer relationship has kind of evolved to a point where he can not only listen to my podcast about my dating life, but we can also discuss it, and he can make recommendations for guests who we think would be a good fit. And so that's how I met today's guest, Anna Goodman. She works for JQ, which is the premier LGBTQ plus Jewish organization in LA, and she's actively involved in giving back to both the Jewish and the queer communities in a multitude of ways, which we'll dive into throughout our discussion. So without further ado, would love to introduce Anna. Thank you, Leslie. What an awesome introduction. (laughs) And thank you to your boss for introducing us. I didn't realize he was your boss. (laughs) Yeah, I actually only worked for him for like a year and a half. But I feel like we definitely became very close, especially actually, as we started working remotely, I feel like everyone just became a lot more vulnerable. Yeah, everything becomes a zoom call. And then you're Mm -hmm. just like face to face all the time. So you get really close. (laughs) Even when you're on different sides of the country, like I am in Ohio right now, I live in Los Angeles, but I'm here visiting my sister and my niece and nephew, her kids. So even though I'm in a totally different world right now, I'm still talking to people in LA like every day. So I feel like I'm there, even though I'm not. (laughs) You know, it's such a weird thing. It's like, especially when Zoom happy hours were so prevalent at the beginning, I feel like it lulled you into this false sense of socialhood because I'd be having this great time and then I live alone. So I would like hang up and be like, okay, now what? I'm just buzzed in my condo by myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like from far away, you can like hear and see people laughing and smiling. And then when, when it's all over, you're just like, hmm. Now I'm alone again. <laughs> like yeah. it just like cuts off to complete silence. It was kind of sad actually, but yeah, really jarring, really yeah, jarring. Yeah. But it has brought in a new attention to podcasts. So like it this has. one, a lot more people listening to podcasts, I'm sure. Yes, definitely. And also flooding the marketplace with new podcasts like I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always new content that people need to find. So, and dating That's true. and dating during the pandemic has Ugh. in my, I think it's like, you know, gone through the roof because everyone has been so lonely. They've reached out yeah. to dating apps. They've reached out to online connection in some way, shape or form. I mean, mm-hmm. I have it definitely that we'll talk about today. <laughs> yes, yes, you're so right. Like the few people I've interviewed who either work as like matchmakers or for dating apps, they're like, oh my gosh, business has skyrocketed. It's great. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. So you mentioned 
that you're in Ohio right now. And for backstory, you grew up in Ohio and would love to hear kind of what that experience was like, you know, since you moved to LA, which is clearly a very different environment. And I'm sure there are a lot of stark differences to point out. Yeah, well, I grew up on the west side of Cleveland, Ohio, and it was kind of like a suburban rural community. But for me, around 15, 16 years old, I started to explore dating and especially dating women. And I started Mm -hmm. to explore my sexuality. And for the topic of this podcast, I'll focus on me dating women. I did explore a little bit with men or boys, I guess. I don't Mm -hmm. know if I've really ever been with men. I've been with boys like in high school. (laughs) That's like pretty much my only experience. But, you know, for me, it was really hard, especially as a teenager, to meet other lesbian girls my age or Mm -hmm. even queer girls my age. And I definitely went to MySpace at the time to find them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the Ohio lesbian scene, a lot of cargo shorts, a lot of jerseys, Mm -hmm. really sporty And it was definitely not really me. But I think Mm -hmm. when we're teenagers, we don't really know who we are or what we want. And I just thought, okay, well, I like girls and this is what lesbians wear. So I'm going to put on some cargo shorts and (laughs) try to fit in here. And I did my best. But, you know, I didn't have much success until I went to college. I went to Mm -hmm. Ohio University in the southern part of Ohio. And... I started trying to be more myself. I did join a sorority. That was definitely different. But I just wanted to, I didn't want to put myself in this box like, okay, this is what a lesbian looks like. I'm going to try to be myself. And my sisters were in sororities. So I was like, I should try this out. And I wore dresses, I wore heels, I did all that. But then some nights I'd wear, you know, like jeans and t shirts and tried in Converse. It was really Mm -hmm. in between. But It wasn't until, yeah, I started watching The L Word on Showtime. If you don't know that show, it's about lesbians (laughs) living in Los Angeles and Mm -hmm. just kind of got an awakening of, okay, this is the life I want. Like, I know that sounds so cheesy, but I knew I wanted to move to Los Angeles and try to find my, my people. And after college, I graduated and moved out to LA and I've been there ever since. Uh, We've been here, even though I'm not there right now. (laughs) Yes, here in your heart. (laughs) Yes, yes. So kind of going back to growing up and coming out in Cleveland, I mean, was it pretty progressive? Or I know it wasn't exactly Cleveland, but where you grew up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was kind of hard to tell. I, I happened to have some friends that were more progressive. My best friend, Nora, her family went to the gay pride parade and they mm-hmm. watched Rocky Horror. And, mm-hmm. you know, they were kind of my opening to that community. My family mm-hmm. was a little bit more conservative. And I don't think I knew any other gay people in my school. I mean, at that age, especially in that era, like I didn't know much about politics or what. Yeah people's thoughts were on that. I would say though, as you mentioned before, I work for a Jewish organization now and Mm -hmm. I grew up conservative Jewish and Mm -hmm. synagogue was definitely like the hardest for me to feel like I could be myself, like, you know, representing my sexuality or my gender, you know, like I felt like girls were supposed to wear dresses and boys wore slacks. And I just felt if I wasn't dressed appropriately, I would look down upon. And so it's definitely more conservative in that way. 
but yeah, I feel like now in Ohio, I'm seeing Trump signs everywhere. Well, I did. Now this is post-election. People are starting yeah. to take them down. But yeah. <laughs> and, <Holy. laughs> yeah. And as you know, if, if anyone followed the election, Ohio was a red state, unfortunately. But it did come close. I think it's kind of a mixture. Like in those bigger cities, it's more progressive mm-hmm. and liberal. But right now I'm in an area called Chagrin Falls that's pretty mm-hmm. rural and lots of farms everywhere and lots of Trump signs and, you know, like kind of blue collar working people. So very interesting time to be in such a rural, small community. Yeah, I try to like look more progressive when I go out. I wore my Black Lives Matter shirt, which is also like a gay pride shirt. It's Black Lives Matter that I actually colored it in with rainbow. So I I love that. So it's like a mixture of gay pride and Black Lives Matter. And my sister and I, we went to the grocery store and I'm like walking around like (laughs) pride. And you did kind of get a little bit of like that side eye from people, which was really like uncomfortable. But also that's the reason why I wear the shirt to show them like I'm here, I'm queer, Mm -hmm. I'm for Black Lives Matter. And you know, you need to get used to it. (laughs) I love that. I love that you're like taking a stance and you're not afraid to express your position regardless of who might have an issue with it. Yeah, I think it's important. That's definitely something I've learned like growing up to not hide who you are and just put it out there. And confidence is key for sure. Yes. Which I feel like you exemplify so well. And I know we haven't met in person, but I feel like I already get that vibe from you and just about hearing your experience. And I know that it can be difficult. I think even if you were to live in a very progressive city, I imagine it's difficult to come out as a teenager. Because as you said, you don't really know who you are. Mm -hmm. And so there's so much pressure to just conform with what you think society expects of you or what you see around you. And so I don't know, I think even that is just very telling of your confidence and secureness in who you are. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it definitely came with time. And I mean, I work with kids too, with JQ, we have a queer Jewish teen group. And, you know, it's interesting now that like with, you know, queer eye for the or it's just called queer eye now not queer Eye for the straight Mm -hmm. guy, but all these queer shows on TV, I think that's definitely helping kids become more confident now at a younger age and coming out at a younger age and figuring out their gender identity. And I think that's really beautiful to see. And, you know, the more groups and clubs that we have, like GSAs, Gay Straight Alliance, Mm -hmm. Queer Straight Alliance, you know, it helps kids really figure that out and not deal with the bullying or the insecurities. Like, maybe that you and I did in high school. Yeah, absolutely. Like representation is so important. And it's really refreshing to see more and more of it, especially this year, I feel. Oh, totally, totally. There was also way more politically active. Oh my gosh, it's so impressive. To your point, like I kind of knew what was happening. But it was a very passive awareness versus kids today. Right. It also definitely wasn't as bad, like as shocking as it has been the last four years. So that in a weird, you know, that's helped them become more aware, but Mm -hmm. also maybe not in the best way. But uh, I know it's like being thrown into the deep end. Right, right. Well, someone's got to get them started. So that's true. That's true. Yeah. So when you did move to LA, how did it compare to your expectations from what you saw in the L word at first? (laughs) Well, so I did actually intern in Los Angeles my between my junior and senior year of college. So I'd been mm-hmm. there. I 
actually met my friend slash mentor on Facebook. There was a website called AfterEllen.com. It's not so popular anymore, but it was like a lesbian pop culture blog site. Mm -hmm. And I was a regular on that site. And so there was a girl that had a video blog. We called them vlogs back then. And her and her friend, these two lesbians would travel around to different states and areas and like find the gay scenes of areas. And so this was kind of the start of everything. I actually messaged her on Facebook. I found her on Facebook and I said, Hey, if you're ever in Ohio, like come to my town, you know? And I was, I think maybe 1920 when I messaged her and you know, to my surprise, she actually wrote me back and we ended up chatting and she lived in LA and we Mm -hmm. became sort of like pen pals and you know, uh-huh. she tells me this day that she was like drunk when I messaged her. <laughs> She's like four or five years older than me, but she, you know, like who talks to a random fan on the internet, you know, but I guess yeah. right time, right place. So her name's Natalie. I'll tell her to listen to this. So Natalie, you know, is the one that kind of originally let me come out and stay with her. And then over the internship, she took me out mm-hmm. to like a lesbian night and I had like a fake ID and I went to the Ooh. Abbey and stuff. Oh my gosh, yes. But I mean, that was like only a glimpse. That was like a vacation Mm -hmm. for the internship. So when I came out again, I mean, I couldn't rely on Natalie like every time. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, would just take a shot of tequila and take a taxi because there wasn't Lyft or Uber. And then I'd go to the Mm -hmm. Abbey on a girl's night and just kind of like sip my drink and, you know, look around and hope that a cute chick would come around and talk to me. And I did that for a few weeks. And then finally, I like started to see the same people. And like, I started Mm -hmm. to talk to them and make friends. And then I would get numbers and then go to another thing. And then it kind of just built up from there. That's amazing. I'm also a huge proponent of going to bars alone. And obviously, like not as the primary method of like going out, like I do have friends that I like to go out with. (laughs) But when I was teaching and was just out of college and was single, one of my coworkers, she would tell me like, what you need to do is you need to lesson plan at bars, and you're going to meet so many people. And I was like, that is really weird. Like, I'm definitely not going to do that. Yeah. And so the trick was, I feel like I might have talked about this on this podcast before, but the trick was like finding a bar that has Wi Fi, because then there's like the expectation Mm -hmm. that people might need it. And that's just like, obviously not crazy, like a very chill bar. So I found one. And I will say it really worked. It's like, I think people are just curious about someone who's brave enough to like go out by themselves, especially if you're kind of exuding confidence about it when you're not really like timid or look uncomfortable. So love that approach. Yeah, that kind of has been my go to for a while back when we would go to bars. But yeah, something about someone just owning it, you know, being themselves in an outfit that they're comfortable in and just ordering a drink that they know they like and just sitting Mm -hmm. there. And not being afraid to like, start a conversation like that is like, that confidence is sexy. And you know, you look over at that person and like, damn, like, I want to talk to them too. And I've done that a bit. And then also, back when there were queer parties, or when queer parties are happening, you know, I've lived in LA for almost 10 years now, and you just start to see the same people over and over again. So I just go out by myself, because I know that I'm gonna see someone I know. That's the best thing about the queer community is Mm -hmm. instead of just going to bars, it's usually nights or events. Mm -hmm. It's always Mm -hmm. like the same night 
like, you know, Wednesdays, well, I don't really go to this one anymore, but like Wednesdays at the chapel was a night mm-hmm. or gay astrology mm-hmm. first Fridays at mm-hmm. uh, the satellite or my friend does divorce. That was at Ooh. Bar Franca downtown the mm-hmm. first or last Thursday of the month. I don't know. It's hard to keep track of when they all yeah. are, but those yeah. nights, you know, really like I would just go to those by myself. And even oh. if I try to get a friend to come with, but if I didn't, you know, I just show up and then find friends and start talking to people. Yeah. So how long would you say it took for you to kind of find your community and get that familiarity with the regulars at the places that you would visit? Yeah, I'd say it took a few months. I did that thing at the Abbey for a while. It actually started, (laughs) there was this one girl, Morgan, who's a DJ. And Morgan this is a crazy story. Like I had seen her around. I'd seen her at the Abbey. She actually worked on a queer website too and had done like some interviewing at the Dinah Shore and like mm-hmm. been around the scene. She's a big blonde curly fro. Like you can't miss her. Mm-hmm. I lived in West Hollywood. I got an apartment in West Hollywood. So mm-hmm. I was driving home one day and this like little blonde girl with big fro comes out and is like, hey, have you seen my skateboard? Have you seen my skateboard? And I was like, excuse me? Hello? And she said, yeah, my, my girlfriend and I were here last night and we got mugged by someone and they took our skateboard. And I'm like, wow. what? And I, like, she seemed so nonchalant about the whole thing. And yeah. then I said, I haven't, but I'll, I'll keep an eye out. I live up the street. And she Aww. said, yeah, that'd be really great. And I just said, I think I've seen you around. My name's Anna. And I introduced Aww. myself. She said, oh, cool. Yeah. And then she said, I'm having a New Year's Eve party. This was in December of 2011. I'm having a New Year's Eve party. If you want to come, here's my number. And she's also a super confident, fun person. Yeah. So I showed up nine o'clock on the dot at the New Year's Eve party, I remember. And like, I was extremely nervous, I will say, Mm -hmm. because I knew that she was someone in the community that had been around and had lots of Mm -hmm. friends. And here I was this like newbie. So that was kind of the start of everything. I met a lot of people at that New Year's Eve party. We ended up forming a little crew called the Pussy Posse. I love that. P-U-S-S-E-P-O-S-S-Y. So we switched the E and the Y. Did you make merch? Yes. We had shirts. We maybe did like three or four different designs of shirts. There was a, a thing every year called started as Les Olympics. And then it became Les Athlon. That was like wow. an athletic thing, like athletic marathon, like a retreat day thing that we would do every year. And we had shirts and we'd go and we'd just get fucked up all the time. We'd oh, do lots of that. Yeah. But it was like, honestly, getting fucked up with people really forms a bond. <laughs> like, oh yeah. It really does. It really, you just yes. become so close with those people and, like we've all yeah. seen each other naked. We, you know? Yeah. There's something about kind of like seeing someone at their worst. Like I feel like if you still want to be friends with me after I did like X, Y, Z, then it's like, okay, we're, we're yeah. set. Like no, this is a legit thing. <laughs> totally. I mean, we were, we were a crew for a couple years and then more people joined the crew. <laughs> and then Morgan lived at a place that we'd call it the palace. So we'd like mm-hmm. party at the palace and then, But, you know, we got older and some new people came and other people Mm -hmm. moved and it just like shifted and, you know, we eventually just kind of dispersed. But I mean, I see Morgan every now and then, well, you know, these days and 
I'm still close with a lot of other people from the original Pussy Posse. And Mm -hmm. it was my original, like, chosen LA family, I would say for sure. It definitely helped me build my confidence, like 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. So I know that this is something that can happen in the lesbian community, and I don't necessarily want to stereotype, but I know that sometimes you can kind of date within the same circle because you meet the same people, like you mentioned, like it's a smaller circle. So was that something that you kind of encountered as you got to know more and more people within the community? Like, what was your experience with that? Yeah, there has been a few instances. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to say... I mean, I feel like I didn't experience it as much as I witnessed it. I witnessed it amongst my friends, like so-and-so dating someone for a couple of years when I met them. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like it switches and then they're dating someone else. And then they're mm-hmm. the new partner. And then the other person who I'm still friends with, I have to like figure out, is it weird between them or is mm-hmm. it cool? Yeah. I definitely had little tidbits of women that I had you know, had a crush on and maybe hooked up with once or twice and then it didn't go anywhere. And then all of a sudden they're like mm-hmm. on a date with my other friend, like in a few weeks and like, yeah, it's kind of that awkward, like, Oh, you know, my favorite is when you're at a party and you see your friend with someone and then you're like, Hey buddy. And you say hi. And then they mm-hmm. introduce you to someone that they're with. And then you and that person like already know each other. Uh, yes. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, how do you know each other? And you're just like, you know, <laughs> like either a Tinder date or a Tinder match or a random hookup. Like that has happened to me more than a handful of times. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, literally, I feel like that's some people's worst nightmare. So it must take a lot of like cool under pressure to kind of like deal with that unexpectedly. Yeah. I feel like some part of my mentality that a lot of people may know is I'm just kind of like always laughing and I feel like I maybe make it more awkward for other people, but it makes me more comfortable. Like I'd rather just like own it, like own the awkwardness than like be like, what's up? And like pretend like nothing's there. I'd rather be like, oh, we know each other. (laughs) And the other person's like, oh my God, please stop. I know. And they're like, please stop. But basically if I'm doing that, that means that I'm obviously over it. I don't care. Like whatever happened between us doesn't mean anything to me. And that's why it's funny now. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's the way to do it. Just address the head on. Yeah. That's the best advice I can give. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So like I mentioned earlier, you have such deep involvement within the LGBTQ plus community. So how did you get involved in that after moving to LA? Like, was it through your friend group? Did you find these organizations on your own? Yeah. Well, I actually bring it back to Morgan. Like she, you know, her being a DJ and being friends with our other friend, Bounce House, that was their DJ name, mm-hmm. also was a, became a DJ. And having friends that are in the industry, like that kind of was in a way in for me. And it wasn't like mm-hmm. I was trying to. I was actually a barista. I was in production originally, like PAing, and I was mm-hmm. a receptionist. I had a lot of random jobs, and I was working mm-hmm. in coffee. And Morgan was asked to like DJ slash produce this fundraising event that was called Single de Mayo. We eventually changed the name because of cultural appropriation reasons, but it was a Cinco de Mayo singles event that Mm -hmm. had been happening in Los Angeles like every year for at least like maybe five years prior before I had even started doing it. 
but it was a fundraising singles event on Cinco de Mayo. But the fundraiser that the proceeds benefited were for JQ, which is the organization I work for now. So mm-hmm. it wasn't a Jewish event, but it was like the proceeds went to JQ. So JQ had reached out to Morgan as like a freelancer to do this event. And Morgan was like, I need help on this. Like, I can't do this big thing by myself. Who do I know yeah. who would help me? Oh, Anna, she's Jewish. I'll ask her. (laughs) And I mean, I also had done a few house parties. Like I had Mm -hmm. done a themed, a lesbian horror story, which was American horror story theme party. I did Orange You Glad You're a Lesbian, which was an orange, orange (laughs) the new black. I did a lot. I was known for like themed parties, like house parties. And so Morgan and I did this event and we must have had like three to 400 people come. It was a huge success. And the executive director of JQ like kind of noticed me at the event and kind of hired me on the spot like right after and said, you know, you did such a great job. Like we would actually love to offer you a full-time job at JQ, like if you're interested. Amazing. And then that was kind of my way into like learning how to produce events and fundraising and, and just queer parties and like getting into that. And then, you know, more things came from there that we'll get into. But (laughs) that was the start of it. That's like how I got into it. Oh, my gosh. You just describing all these themed parties, one, (laughs) and all the names being so clever. I'm like, this is right at my wheelhouse. I wish I could go to all of these. Like, I love a themed party, honestly. We love theme. I feel like the queers love themed parties. We love puns. We We love camp. It's very much about, oh, costumes, like Halloween, 1000% is my favorite holiday. This is the first year in 10 years that I like actually did not really celebrate Halloween. I mean, I was with my niece and nephew, like, but usually Mm -hmm. it's like a week long event of parties. Yes. Okay. Same. Halloween is like my favorite as well. And so my birthday is 10 days before Halloween. So I usually end up doing some sort of like joint thing and I use it as an excuse to make people dress up. So like last year I dressed as Brexit, which I feel like had mixed reviews. Like some people were like, that's so nerdy. And some people really liked it. I still stand behind it. But yeah, this year I didn't celebrate and I actually got injured right before Halloween. So I couldn't even like really leave the house. I was like, this is the worst Halloween probably of my life. Well, where would you go anyway? Were there like quarantine or social distance Halloween events happening? It wasn't even like any parties or events, but I was going to go to a pumpkin patch. Uh, so I was like, okay, at least, you know, it's outside and distant and I can take a few cute pictures with pumpkins and then be on my way. But I was yeah. like, it's too much. Well, I'm sure you're not the only one that missed out this year. We're just like disregarding this year for all yeah. fun things. <laughs> Does not count. Yeah, I absolutely love Halloween. I'm definitely a DIY costume maker. I make my costumes every year. I usually like plan a month or two in advance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was definitely challenging this year not to be able to really do that. But yeah, like, oh, I've threw a lot of theme parties over the years, you know, Mm -hmm. and then getting into the Her app. That was my next big adventure with throwing events which I will talk about. (laughs) Yeah, well, I feel like that's a great transition. So can you talk a little bit about her and what your experience was like, what it's about? Yeah, so after I'd been working with JQ and started doing events with them for a year and a half or two years after 
that single to Mayo party. And that was mostly like Shabbat dinners and panel mm-hmm. events. The one big party we had was our guilty pleasures Hanukkah party every oh year. It was an LGBT that. Hanukkah theme. That was mm-hmm. like my bigger thing. But her app, if you haven't heard of it, it is a lesbian dating app. The largest lesbian queer dating app, supposedly, started out in London and now it's international. It's very similar to, you know, Hinge or Tinder, but it's for anyone except cisgendered men. So for trans women, trans men, bisexual women, cis women, lesbian, queer, however you identify it's a swiping and meeting app. But I think it was in 2016 where they decided to start doing events. And Mm -hmm. this international app had reached out to all these major cities, New York, San Francisco, Toronto, and then London, of course, and Sydney, Australia. They chose one person from all these major cities to be their city rep that would plan and implement these massive queer parties in those cities. And Mm -hmm they would use the targeting from the app to reach out to people and then some like Instagram and Facebook and other ways to really blow these parties out of the water. Like I think the biggest one I had was like over 600 people and it was a huge like Sunday fun day, like 12 PM to 9 PM, like day long rager with Mm -hmm. games and drinks. And then the other thing is we would, I would also incorporate singles dating type things like silly musical chairs. And honestly, I got a lot of my ideas from like going to bar and bat mitzvahs as a kid. Like, (laughs) I know that sounds cheesy. And like, people think it sounds cheesy. But if you imagine going to a party alone, like, that was the best thing about these her parties is a lot of the people we get were like people that were on the app that maybe Mm -hmm. didn't know any other lesbians in their circle or didn't have the confidence to go out somewhere we would do a singles meetup. So like if you mm-hmm. were alone, we do like a pre-meet at a bar nearby or like down the oh, street. Nice. So all the single people would come together in a big group. And then I had like always had an arts and crafts station because who doesn't oh. love like arts and crafts stuff. And I had like tables and people would, you know, sell their artwork. Wow. Just any way for someone to meet and mingle and talk to speed dating, you know. Yeah. That was what made the her parties like really fun and successful. So I did that for like two years from 2016 to 2018, mm-hmm. once every three months. And they were big. Like they were, yeah, like 300 to 600 people, usually always a huge turnout. So. Mm-hmm. So was that a good source for you to meet people? Like, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I mean, I definitely, it helped me get my face out there and it helped me become more confident with who I was, but yeah. it is extremely hard to date, like to even talk to people when you're throwing an event. Like That's fair. I felt like people did come up to me all the time and wanted to like introduce themselves. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I got to go. I got, like, oh, I'm, there's this joke. I'm always, I'm known for holding a clipboard. <laughs> there's like a shot from every single party where I'm like, I don't have a clipboard on me, but I have a calendar where I'm just like clipboard in hand, like microphone, (laughs) clipboard. Like, where's Anna? Oh, she's the one with the clipboard over there. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But it did help me like, I guess people like knew who I was. True. But I also, I think, I mean, I don't know. I wonder if it also made people more nervous to approach me. Maybe. Yeah. I feel like you would be kind of this like formidable figure of like, oh my God, she put this whole thing together. Like how badass. 
don't know, you should, we should pull, pull people on us. <laughs> well, yeah. I feel like that has happened, literally happened like two days ago. I matched with this chick. So mm-hmm. I'm single currently. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sort of like dating someone, but it's casual. And, but I still like have fun and go on Hinge and Tinder and stuff. And so I match with mm-hmm. someone. And as soon as like they add me on Instagram or something, it's usually like, oh, so you're in the queer community. Like, cause people see, mm-hmm. and it's usually not from my photos. It's because they look at my tagged photos. Oh, key creeping knowledge. Yes. yes. Key creeping knowledge because they will see the tagged photos and it's like all these like flyers and like, uh-huh. you know, info about other events. And I feel like that's how you know when someone runs events or is in the queer yeah. community. That's so true. And then I guess that actually also transitions really well because I wanted to ask, and we haven't touched on this yet. It's a big reveal. Yeah. So you have another persona uh, and I would right. love for you to talk about him and also talk about how that impacts your dating life because I imagine it's like, definitely a talking point, especially if people are creeping you on Instagram to learn yeah. more about you like yes. early on. Yes. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. So my drag king persona is Dandy Frank. He is a dapper dude. I like to think of him as kind of like a Matthew Broderick. Like he's kind of gay, but he's straight, like loves the ladies, but he kind of comes <laughs> off like flowery and gay. I started doing drag like two years ago because I, Honestly, I had been partying a lot in my early 20s. And I really, as much as I loved planning all these parties, I kind of missed like my, you know, my artistic sense, my musical theater sense, like being able to be creative and artistic and, you know, in front of the camera instead of behind it, like planning. So I got more involved. I did a lesbian musical. I mean, it still make it queer, of course. Like, mm-hmm. but now <laughs> yeah. it has to be queer, obviously. But uh, yeah, so I did this musical, and then I met some other people that were doing drag. And I went to my first drag king show at the Red Line downtown, and I'd been to drag queen shows, like so many mm-hmm. queen shows all over West Hollywood. But I couldn't believe that in like the seven years I lived in LA, that that was the first time I'd ever seen a drag king show. Like, That's a good point. They're not as prevalent. I mean, it's not like West Hollywood is like boys town. Like you don't really see a lot of more female centric or queer drag king stuff. So mm-hmm. I went to the show and, you know, some of them may identify as non-binary or queer, not always cis women, but mm-hmm. it was just like artistic and sexy, like the way mm-hmm. they contoured their faces, but they were like masculine. And I think for me, to really bring it back, like I had always kind of struggled with trying to look masculine, like wearing those cargo shorts and like jerseys, like that was not me. And Mm -hmm. I felt like I am pretty feminine, but I loved wearing like androgynous, more masculine clothing, but I felt like I really was not butch. I've never been butch. Yeah. So, you know, I tried to start playing around with the makeup and then with like my high school theater background and stuff, I started coming up with some routines. And then, well, actually what happened was my friend asked me to be in a talent show with them as part of the Backstreet Boys group. So she wanted to do a Backstreet Boys drag king act. And that was also like my way in. And I said, yes, I'll do that. And (laughs) I became Kevin and... 
Kevin kind of became me, I think. <laughs> Kevin became And you were probably a better Kevin than even Kevin was. I mean, I definitely say I had the abs. <laughs> you know, there's a way to accentuate your abs, like with makeup that people are really into. So, Oh, like the contouring. Yeah, like contouring, which was really fun. But so mm-hmm. we did this Drag King show. We called ourselves the Backstreet Butches. After that first performance, we, we rehearsed, like we came up with a whole routine and we ended up getting like booked for more shows and started doing this Backstreet Boys act, Backstreet Butches act like all over LA and like almost entirety of 2019, we had like performances every month. I think we had a total of like 10 or 11 performances. That's amazing. Yeah. And then in between that, I did my Dandy Frank stuff, which mm-hmm. was my own thing which was also fun, a little more comedic and a little more goofy than Kevin, as much as I love him. <laughs> but it's really fun to like pack and wear, have a dick and just like yeah. be masculine and kind of be like, what's up ladies, you know? And just like owning the BDE. Yeah, exactly. I love it. And it helped bring out another confidence in me that I didn't even know existed. I love that. Yeah. So were you ever nervous? Like even the first time that you performed with the Backstreet Bushes? I was nervous I was going to forget the dance moves. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I'm not the best dancer. I, I like to think I'm a good dancer, but choreography is, is hard for me. But yeah, I think the people that my friends that were there that knew about it, the other people in the group with me, like, I was just excited. I was like, I cannot yeah. wait to like be on that stage and just like rock this cock and like, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and like be like drag kings are it now like fuck the queens like we yeah. are what's in and and it really has like taken off since i feel like I, i've seen a lot more people start drag or a lot more women get into drag mm-hmm. more like the drag king scene has kind of become i feel like at least more mainstream than it has before i started doing it like and not saying just me, but the Backstreet Butches, like someone like made a meme about us. That was crazy. Wow. Like, we started That's getting like, know. we started getting followers from like people from other countries that oh somehow came across our performances or, I mean, we performed for Hulu. Like we performed at their pride wow. event. We performed for the Trevor project. We did a lot of like fundraising events. And I mean, it's just like such a niche, like uh, cute a fun thing that you can get a drag queen anywhere, but where yeah. can you find like the back, you know, a boy band with drag kings? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're definitely meeting like an unserved need or underserved need. At Very least. much underserved need. I really yes. miss it. That's definitely been like the saddest thing about the last year is not being able to perform again on a stage mm-hmm. and like, you know, being with my friends and dressing up and, I've done a few yeah. virtual performances, but it's just not the same, sadly. It is not the same. And this is not the same at all. But the one experience I've had with a virtual performance since quarantine started, I was supposed to go to a bachelorette party with one of my friends. And we actually did like end up doing a celebration, but we were supposed to go to New Orleans. And so the weekend that we were supposed to go, we're like, okay, let's do this virtual Zoom instead, which was just like, ah, oh, what a far cry from our original mm. plan. And the bride being the amazing person that she is, literally the whole weekend is about her and she still 
planned a surprise for us, the actual attendees. And the surprise was that she hired a virtual stripper <laughs> to perform. <laughs> and literally nobody knew. Like, I remember seeing like, oh, someone wants to join the room. And I was, I jokingly was like, are we getting a stripper? And we were. It was a really weird experience, though. I have to say, like, what was their name on the Zoom? <laughs> like, oh my god, so it was a normal name. So the interesting thing was that he kind of had like. I don't want to use the word pimp because that's not what it was, obviously. But he had somebody who had like a regular name, but was like, had this like muscle tea, like oh, photo that God. came up before he entered. He was super buff. And that was not our stripper. He was like his manager. I guess that's like uh. the appropriate word to use. And so then the stripper came in. So we didn't actually get to see his name come up on the Zoom. Oh. But anyone who knows me well knows that I love female strip clubs. I have deep passion for Ooh, them. Okay. I've never been to a male strip club. So this was my first experience with a male stripper. And I have to say, I think it's like fun. Obviously, it's not for me the way that like female strip clubs are. And it was just like, I don't know. First of all, he was dressed like Harry Potter, which was really <laughs> weird. And that was not something the bride requested. He did not look like Harry Potter at all. Like he had long curly hair. And he's like in his living room. There's like no ambiance. And like, there's kind of some piles of dirty clothes. And oh then he like God. pulled his dick out. Oh. And I was like, I don't, that just like doesn't do it for, you know, just like a random dick. Like, I don't care about that, you know? Yeah. So it was a funny experience, that, but. That is strange. It probably would have been better for you to be an in-person male stripping experience. I think so. Because yeah. I have friends who've gone to like Thunder Down Under and they're not the type that you would assume is like super into a male strip club. And they were like, no, trust me. Like, I didn't think I would be into it, but it was an amazing experience. So I feel like there's just something to the atmosphere and like seeing the performance and like the production value totally. versus someone like having dirty piles of clothes in their living room so oh 100% I mean when I did do my virtual drag show it took probably an hour just setting up the background I like put plants and like things I was like I need to make this look nice and like look mm -hmm. good because yeah the zoom background is just as important as the performance itself absolutely sure. yeah someone needs to tell Harry Potter that yeah <laughs> not hire them next time <laughs> I need my male stripper yeah. <laughs> I'll just usually just go down to West Hollywood or go to Fubar. that <laughs> I'm definitely I don't know if you've been there but that's where I think some guy was dancing there and he just literally like pulled his dick out once like it was, it's, I was mortified. Wild. It was wild. It was, <laughs> it's I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> it's gone too far. Yeah. Anyway. Oh. oh my gosh. So when you could perform in person, would you ever have girls who you were dating come and see you perform? Would you get hit on a lot after the shows? I imagine you would have fans. Yeah, I did have a few people I was dating come and they were always super supportive. And one of my jokes is like, you know, Dandy usually has a massive package. And by package, I mean, like, you know, a roll of sport socks. Yes. <laughs> like a thick one, like, you know, like Jersey Nike sock. Like girthy. Yeah, girthy one. And so I'm, I usually just, I would go up to people and be like, do you enjoy the show? And like, <laughs> like with, <laughs> with my package, like, and like, feel it. Do you like that? You know, but it's also usually people I know. And if yeah. anything, I'd get like new followers on Instagram that would message me and be like, I, I saw you perform. Like, I really liked it. And I don't know. I wouldn't say like people were like massively hitting on me or if mm -hmm. they were, 
I also have a really great skill of friend zoning myself. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like amazing at it. Like, I don't know either that or I'm just completely clueless sometimes. Like, are they really flirting with me or are they just oh. like talking to me? Like, I, and also something about being in drag, I feel like I'm not myself. Like, hmm. I can't like get close to someone and I feel like I can't like kiss them when I have like a face full of makeup. I'm not myself. Yeah, I can't really yeah. like actually take on the real emotional feeling. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Well that kind of addresses one question that I was very curious about is like, did you ever date someone who is like, Oh, I want you to wear the costume and like role play a little, but it sounds like you wouldn't necessarily be super into that. Well, not really with role playing, but the last video I did, the person that I'm seeing uh, helped me film oh, it because it was a pre-recorded yeah. one. So, mm. and she was, I feel like she was pretty into it, Dandy, and like thought nice. it was funny. And like we, you know, I actually felt comfortable like, you know, kissing her with my makeup because we've been seeing each mm. other for a while. But it wasn't like a full on role play. It was more, yeah. yeah. But it's nice when I can feel super comfortable in makeup and like dressed up. And I also throw another event that I want to shout out to called Open Dyke Night, yeah. which is a lesbian queer piano bar night at Tramp Stamp Granny's. Mm -hmm. And we've definitely had a lot of themed events there. But one last year we did, you know, it was like a year ago now, we did a Rocky Horror Night and I dressed up as Frankenfurter. And so this was interesting because first of all, Frankenfurter is like a male character in drag essentially like or mm -hmm. a transvestite so mm -hmm. he's a male character but dressed up as a woman wearing heels yeah. so i did drag like to mm -hmm. look like a man but then i also did the makeup and then i wore like a corset and like heels wow. and so it was like the most feminine i'd ever dressed really in yeah. public and then also like masculine with the makeup so it was very interesting and I drank a lot that night. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably. Definitely. Yeah, that's like a very meta persona to have to take on. Right, right. It felt like I wasn't myself. I wasn't really in costume. I wasn't in drag. It, I was in drag, but I was also in a costume. And I was like wearing loads of makeup. Like, I mean, like mm -hmm. lipstick and the, like the eye makeup. But then I'm also like walking around with my ass out. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I was literally in like booty shorts. Wow. And that was yeah. the first, like getting that confidence to have my ass out, mm -hmm. which I don't do, but yeah, it's very on display. It's like so much vulnerability. Yeah. That's why the alcohol helps. You just let it go. <laughs> exactly. Eventually it won't even matter. Yeah. And also when you're hosting the event, like something about hosting and being the owner of it, it makes you more confident and more comfortable. Like, mm, yeah, this is my party. You're coming into my party. Like I put this thing on, like you're going to like the way I look. I don't care how you feel. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it does help, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's your turf. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I feel like we've kind of touched on a multitude of ways where you've gotten to meet people in person and like you've built your community in person. But I know you've also had experience dating through apps, which you've kind of mentioned. So would love to hear about like the apps that you've used historically, what you currently use, like what your experience has been just overall. Oh, yes. Well, I've used them all. <laughs> Full stop. I've used them all. Okay, if we're starting like in 2011 and on, I'll, I'll mm -hmm. start there. I started with OkCupid. That was definitely like the beginning of my apps. Mm -hmm. When I first moved to LA, I had a lot of OkCupid dates. 
And oh. then I don't even remember when Tinder came out, but yeah. then I got Tinder mm-hmm. and I had Tinder for like the longest time. I still have it. I tried Bumble, wasn't a mm-hmm. huge fan for some reason. And then obviously I had the Her app because I worked for the Her app. Mm-hmm. And then I got Hinge. And then, well, like the Lex app that we'll talk more about. But yeah, so I really have had, you know, used or tried them all. My experience with them is been pretty, pretty well. Like I've had dates on almost all of them. Like I've met people from every app and, you know, once you meet the app doesn't matter anymore. Like it's more of who is going to respond to you on what app. Like I think I have the highest rate of like matches, but no conversation on Tinder. (laughs) That tracks with my experience as well. (laughs) Yeah. And then I'd say hinge. I have matches, more conversation, but I don't know about as much meeting up. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I meet most people. Most of my meetings have happened on Tinder though. Like, okay. I feel like people use Tinder as more of a game. Yes. Oh my gosh. You know, like, you'll take a risk like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm into this person, but I'm kind of curious to see if they're into me. So swipe right. And then Mm -hmm. if they do match with you, like you didn't like what next? Yeah. Like, okay, well, cool. Next, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) And so that's what for Tinder has been more for me, like the game part of it. I also see my Mm -hmm. friends on Tinder and we always (laughs) match with each other because it's funny. Yeah. Or I see people I used to date and then I'll swipe right on them and I'll see like, oh, I wonder if they're just out of the curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they're into me again. Hmm. (laughs) And then of course, for lots of women, there's a lot of couples like looking Mm -hmm. for a third or whatever. And yeah, I swiped right on those a very, very, very select few out of curiosity. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I find that most of the couples, they're mostly into like very feminine women. Like they're Mm -hmm. that kind of like movie quality. Like they don't really want Mm -hmm. like a regular looking person. They want like a sexy Mm -hmm. model for a third. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like kind of out of a fantasy from like a movie or something. Yeah. 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 Totally. Is it mostly like male, female couples or female, female? There's mostly male, female, but mm-hmm. there, are, I mean, yeah, there are definitely polyamorous female couples that are looking mm-hmm. for a third. I don't think I could ever be in a polyamorous relationship with like two other people. Mm-hmm. I could be polyamorous as having two partners, but mm-hmm. not like three people in the same relationship. But I do know that exists and Mm-hmm. you know, more power to those people that can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like it takes, I don't know, just a lot of awareness and no insecurity, I feel like or very low insecurity or self consciousness, definitely. Yeah, because I, I feel mean, like a lot of jealousy could easily arise. Oh, totally, totally. I mean, I think I could have fun, like definitely with two other people. And I may, you know, maybe I've done that before. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I've definitely had a lot of one night stands, a lot of one off dates on Tinder. I have some really funny stories of one off dates. Interesting. Such as? <laughs> so, well, I don't even know where to. S- well, first of all, I've also used Tinder when I'm traveling. So, mm-hmm. when I went to Austin, Texas, I was looking for a queer party and I went on Tinder and I found this chick who told me about an event and then we met up later at that event and, you know, I think maybe, I don't even know if anything happened. Then same thing happened. I was in Savannah, Georgia with my family. And I was like the only single one. It was my sisters and their husbands and stuff. So 
Mm-hmm. And there apparently is like a little bit of a queer scene in Savannah. So I did the same thing. Oh, cool. I met this random girl and then we met up and had a fun night together. But there's also a lot of people that come to LA that are traveling. Yes. Like, yeah. you know, Australians or English people or any foreigners that are, you yeah. know, having fun. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there's one story of this Australian chick that super, super cute. I'll call her Michelle. <laughs> That's okay. not her real name, <laughs> but for the sake of her privacy. So we matched on Tinder and I thought she was super cute. And I had actually just gotten dumped. So I was kind of at a, my nine month relationship. I just ended mm-hmm. like literally a day or two before. And so I was like on Tinder, just trying to get over it. And yeah. we matched and just started chatting immediately. And she said, I'm on holiday. I'm here for a week. Like Aww. I'd love to meet up. And I said, yeah, I'd meet up. She's like, what are you doing tonight? And I'm like, nothing. Mm -hmm. And it was just one of those extremely spontaneous things. And we met Mm -hmm. at Barney's Beanery down the street from me in West Hollywood and just got like piss face drunk. Like we just Mm -hmm. had so many beers and had so much fun. And she ended up coming over to my house. Oh, wait, was it that night? Well, I don't remember if it was the first night or not. We ended up spending like three days in a row together. Like, wow. So by the third night, (laughs) by the third night, it just like was one of those, like, you know, she had all the time in the world and I was, it was the weekend. I wasn't really working much. So like we just drank a lot and we just bonded and we had a really, really great time, but we was like binge drinking for three days. And by the third night she slept over and we just like passed out. I remember, I don't even remember what time we went to bed, but Mm -hmm. I woke up in the morning in my bed she was next to me and mm-hmm. I was either really sweaty and oh, I don't no. know but like I was just like I need to get up like I feel gross like I'm oh, just God. gonna get up and I went to the bathroom and I was kind of just like took all my clothes I mean <laughs> and then I walked back into my room and then she's like sitting up and she said I reckon I pissed myself <laughs> <laughs> Oh and I'm god. like, yeah. She's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And like, oh, she peed the bed. Oh no. I was getting nervous as you were kind of coming close to this revelation. And I was like, oh no. And like, I, but we were also just like, we were probably still drunk. I was laughing. I was like, the thin- funny thing is, she had no remorse. She just thought it was hilarious. Oh. And I was okay. like, also thought it was hilarious, but also was like, fuck, this girl just peed in my bed. Yeah. And it's like, now you have to deal with the repercussions of that. Yeah. And then I also just like, you know, we'd been together for the last like two or three days. And it was kind of like that point at like, all right, it's time for you to go now. But it was kind of like hard to get her to leave. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that one was a fun, a fun Tinder memory I have. I I told everyone, by the way, my friends like still laugh at that story. Understandably, understandably. Wow. I mean, that does almost seem like, okay, too good to be true. Like you match with this person and like you hit it off so well. And it's like, oh, that was the catch. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could happen to anyone. Let's be real. I mean, how well did we really know each other? Like she was a beautiful girl and I was physically Mm -hmm. attracted to her, but we just got, you know, we drank like every day and we didn't really like get to know each other like that we were just having fun and yeah. that's kind of what tinder is about a lot of times for people like they just want to have fun and like 
you know, I think I mix and match. Like sometimes I just want to have fun like that. Other times I'm, you know, this, I kind of just see what happens. That's usually mm-hmm. like, let's talk profiles. Yes. Like, what does your profile say, Leslie? Oh, I don't man. even know. Yeah. So, I've never, I can't, I haven't asked you this. Yeah. So it's funny because on the very first episode, I brought on one of my guy friends and he went through my profiles. And so I actually recently deleted it, but I can still recall exactly what it has because I feel like, you know, he ripped it apart. I also went on stage on another podcast and had them critique my profile in front of like an auditorium of people. Uh So it stands out really well. But I feel like the one that I used most was Hinge. And I like Tinge the most because I feel like with Tinder, to your point, it's kind of like a grab bag. So you don't really know what people's intentions are. They're like, is a very wide range. And I feel like there's a wide range, not only in the profiles, but also in the quality of people. So I ended up gravitating towards Hinge. And what I liked about it from a profile perspective was like the prompts. So like the prompts that I would have would be like, one way that you can impress me is, and I think for a while it said is having an Uber rating above 4.9, just because I thought that was like, I don't know, it's kind of like topical and like very LA. But also if you have a bad Uber rating, you know, it could be a sign of poor character. So I had that Something about me being an only child, like I think one of the things was my mom would describe me as, and then I said, perfect. And then I said in parentheses for context, I'm an only child. (laughs) So cute. (laughs) And then the third one, I'm actually blanking. I'm sure it'll come to me. But picture wise, I feel like, you know, I would try to show, okay, like here's a picture with me and friends. So people would see I'm social. Here's a picture of me like traveling. Like I had a Machu Picchu one for a while. I had one that I took in Austin or like one that I took hiking, like full frontal like face photo unobstructed with sunglasses i think just you know all the all the rules that you have to follow so, so people know that you're not a catfish yeah. yes unobstructed with sunglasses i also think yeah or hats or accessories like mm-hmm. being able to see someone's face is yes i feel like you know whenever you see someone's photos and they're all like you know, the same hand is in the same place. Like they're hiding something under there. They are. Or if they're not smiling with their teeth in any of the photos, there's, that's a sign. Something is off. Yeah. Or with the guys, you see it a lot where they have a hat in every photo and there's nothing wrong with being bald, obviously, Mm -hmm. but I just feel like you should have one photo with your hat off because even if you're not bald, you just look so vastly different with and without a hat. Right. Right. I also have hats on in my, I have hats. I'm actually, I just pulled up my hinge to just see what I, cause I honestly can't remember. Once I write it, I hate like going back in and changing it. I change the photos from time to time, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, is this stale? But part of me was really just like, I don't, I don't care. Like I put a lot of thought into those initial answers and Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like you're seeing the same people all the time. So something that I have found to be, really popular is keeping the people guessing like for hinge mm. i'm just reading this so one of my prompts is best halloween costume you know Ooh. while i love halloween and mm-hmm. i put i went as popeye the sailor man and my dog was a can of spinach so, <laughs> this is true like i always mm-hmm. dress up my dog it's cute to be an accessory for my costume but mm-hmm. so many people have asked like I have to see this photo or, Oh, that's so cute. Or can you please that? Like, cause people just like putting that image in someone's mind. And then I have like, you know, a social cause I care about is creating spaces for the LGBTQ community for people to meet and connect, which is true. Yeah. And yeah. And then just like, 
photos, a selfie, one with a friend, some, mm-hmm. and not all selfies. I feel like that's oh, good. No. Having like yeah. professional, like I have a lot of event photos. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're in events, you happen to also get a lot of like good quality photography yes. photos. <laughs> After Milcom. Yes, definitely. And then my dog, of course, having your dog yeah. or your pet, at least one photo of them, I think is, yes. is crucial. It's a great conversation starter. Yes, definitely. Like, who's your dog? Oh, that's always been a popular mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So you reminded me, I also had the best Halloween costume. That was my third hitch no. Do you remember the video with that rat that was in the New York subway and it was Pizza carrying rat? the slice of Yes. So I was piece of rat. And so the best part of it was that I like sewed a six foot long slice of pizza out of felt for like scale. And so I added that in my prompt and people were like, that's so funny. Or like, that was a popular one. But I actually got some like feedback that people were like, that's like, you don't need to keep that in your profile. So I think I eventually took it out. No, see, I would totally go for that. Like if I saw a chick with that, that made it in her own costume and like something like current slash political slash funny you know you got you sold me there you sold me there well thank you Mm -hmm. thank you others were not as not as impressed but another thing I noticed kind of like how you said you like to you know keep the answers the same I did end up changing one of them I think I changed the uber one Mm. and I changed it to like one way you can impress me is like beating me to the top of the culvert stairs because I live right by them honestly and Mm. I feel like I'm pretty athletic and I care about fitness. And so I was like, that's kind of like a fun competitive way to showcase that. But I noticed that after I changed it to that, I got so many guys and like all of their pictures were backpacking or like I went on a lot of hiking dates and I was like, that makes sense. Like it tracks. I just didn't expect it to be such an immediate shift of like the type of guys I was attracting. (laughs) Do you think that was like the algorithm of the app, like saw like the word running or hiking or whatever you had and like it just kind of that served me up those yeah and how many guys like you know bet you on that (laughs) I feel like I didn't have that prompt for as long like I dated two people like back to back who like our first date was at the Culver Stairs and one of them actually like was trying to race me to the top and I was like that that's cool like I feel like I want to do that when I'm dating somebody let's actually just talk yeah, I'm like, I can't yeah. really hold a conversation if I'm like, trying to sprint to the top of the stairs yeah, right now. Definitely. But he was like, really about it. Right. Well, I was gonna say, like, that is the one thing about Hinge that is nice with the prompts. Because mm-hmm. Tinder, like, it's just a blank slate. Like, so yeah. earlier when we were saying, like, you know, I said, sometimes it's a mix of either I want to have fun or a relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't always know. So like some Tinder profiles, they say like, I'm looking for this. I want love and a relationship and someone who's, and then some are just like, like, let's get pizza or, or like, or yes. like, what up or 420 yeah. chill, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I feel like it makes it very confusing because like sometimes I'm attracted to a person, but then their profiles like mm-hmm. too mushy gushy or too yeah. chill it's hard to like really know where they are at. So my, I don't know. I don't even know what my Tinder profile says now. I need to look it up. 
but yeah, it's, it's really a lot more pressure to have to write a bio, honestly, Mm -hmm. especially on Tinder where it is like more casual overall. So to your point, you don't want to like write too much and come across as too extra and scare people off. One thing I noticed, I tried OkCupid for a brief period of time and I actually didn't even end up meeting anybody on it, but it's so much information that you can add and some people's profiles were so long. So I feel like that's really helpful in the sense that you have a lot of like data points to analyze about what this person is about. But I think based on my experience of the other apps, it felt a little overwhelming because I just wasn't used to having that much at my disposal. Right. I mean, you don't, I, I think, think of it like this, like the most organic way to meet someone is just like meeting them at a party and you don't know any of that stuff. Like you don't get a whole paragraph of information when you, you just start talking to them because it's organic and that's the way it happens. And so that's sometimes how I think it should be like giving too much information kind of like ruins it. Like what's the fun. It's like, you're going to find that stuff out anyway. Like when you get to know them, it should be like the first impression is kind of how it should be based off of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just kept my Tinder profile is just like, pretty basic. It says active and social queer in LA, (laughs) likes thrifting, Mm -hmm. crafting, cooking, NPR, picnics in the park, drag, comedy shows, and boy, do I miss happy hour with friends. And then I love that. Yeah. And then my Instagram and all that stuff. So yeah, a little bit about me, but it doesn't really say like what I'm looking for. It just says this is me. So take it or leave it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the way to go. Honestly, I think the key also, you listed very specific things that someone can spark a conversation with. Yeah. Not just like friends and fun. Like, (laughs) oh my God. Yeah. The people who are like, I love to travel. And it's like, we all love to travel. I fucking love to travel. I just like to laugh and eat food. And I'm like, (laughs) we all laugh and eat food. It's so crazy. Like going through the profiles, you really realize like some people don't understand what makes an individual an individual. I know. know. Oh, yeah. So sad. I will say I've not been on the apps in Ohio. And if I have, Mm -hmm. like, it's still, like I said, queuing up the LA people. <laughs> like yeah, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't, gone, haven't gone through them all. <laughs> I've been here for a month and I'm still going through LA people on Tinder. Like it hasn't like registered that I'm in Ohio yet. <laughs> That's so funny. They're like, oh my God, we need more time to like load enough people. Like let's just go through all these other people she hasn't come across yet. Right, right. I mean, I'm not missing um, much. I don't, I don't think I'll find the one here in Ohio. <laughs> not too worried. Yeah. I know. I would be so curious, like, what the Ohio tropes are. Yeah, I don't know anymore. Like, I haven't mm-hmm. been here. I think, if anything, just more simple, you know, a little more commercial looking. I mean, I definitely think there are artists and, like, individuals here. I just think it's less, you know, it is less artsy, less, like, pop culture, less, like, actor model-y people, which is fine, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, I don't, and I definitely want more, like, I mean, for the queer community, at least, like, more sporty, sporty folks. Like, people are really Mm -hmm. into football and baseball and, like, sports here. And, like, even everyone in my family is like, did you watch the game? And I'm like, how long have you known me? I don't know what game (laughs) you're talking about. Yeah, you're like, which one? What's in season? Like, who were the, like, there was the Browns, the Tri, the baseball, or... I don't know. I can't keep up. I'm really, I'm like the worst at sports in my family. It's embarrassing. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah. I I can imagine that. I feel like, you know, being from Ohio, there's a lot of passion, a lot of passion out there about Mm -hmm. sports. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know, but I, I know there are people that love like the Dodgers and stuff in LA too. But I've just never really. I mean, if I met like someone who was into it, then I would probably, mm-hmm. you know, go to games with them. I'm not against it. I just have never like yeah. focused on like I don't care who wins. Like none of mm-hmm. that stuff matters to me. Yeah, that's not like your personal passion. No, not for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I feel like as long as you support, that's all that matters, like, when you're dating someone. Yeah. And I've definitely found, you know, the as I've gotten older, you know, it doesn't always need to be first impression. Like, first impressions are important. But mm-hmm. I've definitely given people, like, the benefit of the doubt. Like, you know, getting to know them. And, you know, may- maybe I'm not, like, super duper attracted to them, want to jump their bones, have sex with them right away. Like but that's okay. Like I can get to know them. They can, you know, and then I can see more of them and then become more attracted to them as time goes on. I feel like when I was younger, if I didn't feel that spark immediately, then it was a no go. And great. If you feel the spark and that can be an amazing thing, that could also just be like a sexual chemistry, not really an emotional one. So yeah, not necessarily like compatibility. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is also kind of like how you brought up the most organic way to meet someone being at a bar. It's like, it's so difficult to only date on the apps because it is really just largely based on that initial physical attraction. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, you don't really get a sense for someone's like vibe. Even if you text, I just feel like it's so much harder. Oh, for sure. I definitely vow not to over text before meeting someone. Mm -hmm. I've been there before, you know, probably years ago, I thought that I'd met like, and this happens all the time. It's like the world is at your fingertips and you're just like typing away and like so happy. Like they're funny. I'm funny. We're getting along. (laughs) This is great. They love my jokes. We, whatever. And then you meet that goes on for three or four weeks because Mm -hmm. you keep putting off meeting and then you finally meet and it's just like, womp, womp. Like you're just not into them like physically. And so Mm -hmm. you just got your hopes up for nothing. Yeah. So that's one hard thing about like dating during quarantine too. You know, it's like, I think especially at the beginning, like now, yes, it's easy to go on socially distanced dates. Yeah. But I think in the beginning when it's like no one was going on any dates and it's just like, oh, we have no idea when we're going to meet in person. I think that was like really discouraging. And like, from my perspective, I was like, that is not something I'm interested in is like having a pen pal or even a video chat pal yeah. who I have no idea when I'm going to meet. Yeah, I think I would... And maybe, like, FaceTime, like, once, like, mm-hmm. if it made them more comfortable, like, just to see the vibe, like, hear their voice. Yes. And then if that went well, then meet up. But yeah, I couldn't just, like, keep FaceTiming and keep FaceTiming and not meet. Like, no. you have to meet. Like, you have to feel each other. I mean, yeah, get tested and then mm-hmm. meet. Like, that's what I did. Like, I met, you know, yeah. the person I was speaking about earlier. I met her over the pandemic in mm-hmm. June. And yeah. Yeah, we did the park date thing and it was really yeah. cute. <laughs> I honestly am such a huge fan of quarantine bringing back picnics. Yes. And also like drinking in public. Yeah. Somehow that doesn't matter anymore. You can just I know. Somehow. Yeah, and like once restaurants are selling their drinks to go, I feel like it's just free reign. Right. I actually yeah, I started thinking about that. I'm like, is that is they just like change the law? <laughs> like right. without telling anyone, like all of a sudden you can just like take a drink to go and no one's going to say anything. Like, I know. who came up with this? Like, it's great. I know. And I'm like, is it going to stick around? Yeah, I forever? hope. I would love if it did. 
Same. It's kind of like, <laughs> like being Vegas. in like New Orleans or Vegas. Yeah. 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 So I kind of wanted to talk about one additional app and you mentioned Lex and I would just love to talk about it and hear about your experience because it's so different from any other app that I've personally used. And I feel like it deserves more publicity since it's new. All right. Well, I'd love to talk about Lex. Lex, L-E-X, is a personals ad dating site. It started as an Instagram account where they were posting personals ads. So personals ads, like, you know, the ones that used to be in the newspapers or on Craigslist, like, you know, 31 female brown hair, blue eyes looking for blah, 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 whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. so you describe something and then you say what you're looking for, who you are, what you're looking for. And so they started doing these ads on Instagram. And so the Instagram account would just, it was like a blue screen with text, like very analog looking text that just said Mm -hmm. the ad. And then they would tag that person and they would be anywhere around the world, like internationally. Mm -hmm. And somehow it just like took off and they made a Google form. So like if you wanted Mm -hmm. to submit an ad, they do it once a month for the month and then like they'd have a day between two days where you could submit an ad. If you wanted to put your ad higher up on the list, you could donate $5 or something. I wanted to tell you, so I did an ad back when it was an Instagram app. I actually direct message. This is like the promoter in me. I direct message the, the person, Kelly, I think is her name who started it, Lex. And I said, I have an ad that I really, really want to be on this specific date. And Mm. if I pay you a little bit extra, like, will you make sure it goes out on this date? And so Mm -hmm. my ad was a Hanukkah themed ad and it was light my labia menorah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Wait, you nailed it. That's amazing. So the title was light my labia menorah and it was like 29 queer female, Jewish female looking for eight nights of love light in my (laughs) life. Like, I don't know. It was, I'd have to go find it, but it was Hanukkah themed and full of puns. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think my goal was to make like the Jewish queer chick like seem sexy. And yeah, this was the coolest part about when it was an Instagram account was I Mm -hmm. probably gained like a couple hundred Instagram followers just from that app. Wow. Alone. Oh my gosh. And then like random people from around the world were like, Oh my God, I saw your ad. That's hilarious. <laughs> How are you single or whatever? Aww. And it was really, really fun. And then because of the success from the entire Instagram account, they turned it mm-hmm. into an app, which is now called Lex. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like a stream of personals and you can, mm-hmm use location targeting to like see people's personals in your area. You can also search for keywords. There's no photos. The whole Mm -hmm. thing is text and you can click on a person's handle and like see their name and pronouns and age. And if they Mm -hmm. want, they can link their Instagram account so you can see what they look like, but they don't have to. Mm -hmm. So that is the thing. It's just personals, no photos. So it's like the opposite of Tinder. Like instead you're seeing the words first before the photo, if you even see the photo at all. Mm -hmm. I have said to people, like, I wish that there were an app like that before you had told me about Lex, because I just feel like it would be really great to 
I don't know, take away some of that superficiality from online dating that's just ingrained in the format of it. I think it's really cool to just be like, oh, I like what this person's putting out there. I like the vibe that they seem to have and then determine if the attraction is there versus like, oh, I see what they look like. And then you kind of like maybe skip over some cool things that would have indicated that you are in fact compatible. Yeah, no, exactly. That's definitely the goal about it. And I think that's something that's really beautiful about the queer community is like we you know, are accepting and welcoming of all people. And the app is for however you identify as queer, you know, any gender identity. And, you know, they also really embrace kink. So Mm -hmm. that's what's really cool is you're not going to get flagged for talking about Mm -hmm. your sexual fantasy or what kink you're in. Like, that's just something that you should own. And if people find other people that are into it, like, there's nothing wrong with what you're into. You know, and they're putting it out there that you're into that thing and someone else will see it and be like, oh my God, I'm into that too. And then they're going to click on you and that's cool. It doesn't matter what you look like. It's more of who you are that they care about. Yeah. And you bring up such a good point. It's like, there is no need to like shame people for what they're into, especially if you're being upfront about it. Like rather than feeling like you have to hide it and then kind of bringing it up with a partner later on only to find out that it's like, oh, our interests don't actually align. Like when you could have just found out early on whether it was something that someone was open to exploring or was also interested in, like that just seems to make so much more sense. Yes, totally, totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I kind of explored because I was really curious. I like poured through the Instagram and was hoping that they had some of the ads featured. And I feel like they didn't have as many as my appetite wanted. So I wanted to play a game with you called Would You Cuff? And I'll read their ad and try to do some theatrical justice. And then would love to hear, would you message this person or would you keep looking? Oh, so you actually downloaded the app. I did download the app. Yes, I was like, I need to see more. Well, I hope I haven't read these before. What if it's like, I'm already messaged them. I'm already dating that person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like, you should mention. Oh my God. All right, hit me with them. All right, so first one. In search of cute fall date buddy. Hi there. I'm an ace lesbian, and I think it would be fun to go on cute dates while the weather is super autumn and lovely. Socially distanced masks for sure, and maybe we can hold hands for a bit if we're feeling scandalous. Winky face. Hit me up if you like. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, Lex is like you approach that person. That's the the other thing is it's not like this person, like, would come to me. But yeah, I mean, if I was like looking for fun, it seems a little, a little basic, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. <laughs> to be honest, probably not. No, it's a little too yeah. basic for me. I'm sorry to that person, but. That is fair. Yeah. Fall and holding hands. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's again, like the person who's like, I just love hanging out with my friends. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe the next one will be more enticing. Okay. Okay. Let's see. So queer and virtual. Non-binary AFAB babe seeking virtual only for now connections in the COVID age. I like Alan Watts, David Lynch, Sunshine Vampires, Irreverent Movies, and Musical. Best Coast and Space. Kink friendly. Send me a playlist of your favorite music. Hmm. I feel like that'd be someone I'd be friends with for sure. Mm -hmm. I don't know Mm -hmm. if I'd be, 
I haven't really even like told you like my type really, but I, I do lean towards more feminine women, but I do have a lot of like non-binary queer friends that are into like that type of stuff. So I would maybe go after them in like a friend mode, but not like a, like I want to date you mode. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So more like networking, networking like for sure. Stuff. Yeah. The musical stuff like that. And yeah, they seem like someone that'd be like into drag too. Mm hmm. Okay. Well, I might have one that sounds a little more fun. I sound like a picky bitch. I'm sorry. No, you like what you like. It's not picky. It's just like, you're being honest. Yes. Yes. I'm pretty honest. <laughs> okay. Steal my hoodies. I have an extensive hoodie collection, a cuddly cat, and an increasing need to kiss a cute girl and trace my fingers down the small of her back. So like you down to get COVID tested and ruin my life? Uh. See, that's tempting to me. I mean, I'm into like the like finger down the back thing. Like that's like sexual. Right? But very sensual. Is, in, yeah, it's very sensual. I'm into, you know, it's interesting. They had they didn't describe who they are at all. They didn't describe what no. they look like or who they are. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the way they talk, it's like very flirtatious and sexy to me. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I would I would go for that. I like cuddling. I like cozying up. Yes. Yeah, they're like painting a picture of what it would be like to just like have a lazy Sunday afternoon with them. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. <laughs> okay, so the last three that I have are more dramatic. Okay. So I'm curious to get your reactions. Okay, my vows. I vow to be your partner for the end of the world as we know it. I'll tend to your rubber bullet wounds, cook you dinner during back-to-back -back organizing meetings, attentively listen to your sorrows, and support your biggest dreams of liberation. I'll be your partner in building the world we deserve. Ooh, that's deep. For it's that's very deep. deep. That's deep for an app. For an ad, yeah. For an ad, for an app. I mean, all those things are great. Like, I would mm -hmm. love a partner to be supportive, and you know, I have a lot of meetings and organizing yeah. and going. So, but it's definitely like, like I said, I like to be a little bit more light, and yes. you know, someone that's like, I'm looking for this, this, and this, and this, and like, you know, on a Tinder profile, I keep it light. So, yeah. not sure. Yeah. I'd be really yeah. curious to see what it sucks that I'd, I'd have to see what they look like. I mean, that's I know fair, that's, yeah. it sounds so shallow of me to say that, but I feel like they, you're left needing more information yeah. in this case. Yeah. yeah. Like how, how heavy is this person? Right. Right. Okay. So the next two full disclosure, I know you're going to say no. Cause they're like, they're a lot. How do you know, Leslie? You don't know. Me. <laughs> that, that's it. true. That's true. But they're like, they're pretty dramatic. Okay. Just fair warning. Okay, heart sore, broke my own heart and theirs. Were we just embracing the inevitable, even if it's killing the both of us? I don't know, but the 758 mile journey back to my parents' house to lick my wounds surely will be the death of me. Oh, it's poetry. <laughs> I know. That seems, hold on a second. By the way, if they're in yellow, that's misconnections. So if they're in blue, no. okay, just making sure. They do misconnections too, which is really cool. Like, so if you mm -hmm. see someone at like, you know, the grocery oh. store and you want to like write an so ad about cute. it. I know. I love that. Yeah, probably not. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I told you <laughs> it's just, no, they're beautiful poetry. I envy, you know, what they're looking for. And I think, you know, someone out there is going to be into that. But yeah, I, I like someone a little bit more like, I'm really into funny. I like funny people. Yeah. Funny, smart, sexy, fun, you know, 
that's more my jam. Yeah. So one more, huh? I'm guessing this person isn't going to be your jam either, but I was another poet. And I was like, I just, I feel compelled to share. The title is I saw dot, dot, dot a rattlesnake in the mountains as I climbed a trail vertical towards a cave. She was nestled in the shade under an overhang of rock near seven pools of water in red quartz. She extended herself as I watched, but she never left the shadow. My heart stirred for her as I left her alone. Wait, so deep. That's the ad? (laughs) Yes. Was that that a misconnection? No. I don't get what the ad is. (laughs) either i was wondering and of course like i haven't spent as much time on the app of course but i was wondering like okay like this actually could be a really great way to showcase your talents or like have it be kind of an outlet for creative expression so i was wondering if that was the intent behind that particular ad and actually the last one too yeah i i want to find one and read it to you and see if you'd be into it yeah oh my god yes okay In search of bossy femme, hi Lex, I'm back looking for a bossy femme to make me her pet. NSA, I want to please you. I like being told what to do and when to do it. Me, 33, water sign, attractive, more femme than mask, and fit. You, stern and sexy, order me around, I beg you. Ooh, Okay. Yeah, I'm into, I'm actually like, hmm, I want to watch quickly. Okay. I'm really into that. I'm not sure if I'd be bossy enough for them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I feel like if the attraction were there and I got pretty into it, like maybe I could step into that role. Yeah. You never, I mean, yeah, I'm not super bossy either, but the way they're talking makes is definitely turning me on. Like they seem bossy and right? the, I and know like they're looking for a bossy set. That's funny. They seem like the kind of person who like takes control all the time. And it's like, I want the rules to be reversed when it comes to like the bedroom. Yeah. I wish I get. It's kind of hot. Totally. This one just says, are we all still horny or question mark? And that's it. <laughs> Honest question. That's it. <laughs> to yes. the point. Yes, we are. Yeah, the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I should get back on. I actually haven't been on this app in a while. And now I'm curious. And these are also still all LA people in I'm pretty sure, I think I can change my settings to being in Ohio. So I'm very curious to what Ohio people on Lex are saying. Yeah, when I, I didn't actually change my settings, I don't think, because as I'm like scrolling through, they're kind of from all over the country. I got like one or two international. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. But yeah, I love it. I think it's a great concept. And I hope that they see more and more success because the app itself is like a year old, right? Yeah, it really, yeah, it only came out a year ago. The Instagram, I think, was live for like a year, a year as well. Yeah, if you like went really, really back, it used to be just called Personals. Like that was the name of the Instagram account. And then they came up with the app called Lex. But they've had a little bit of controversy. Like, I mean, I don't need to like get into all of it, but something about people not feeling like represented. They felt like it was all white women and like, and there weren't enough people of color, like in the ads and there weren't Mm -hmm. enough trans representation. So they felt like it was very like white female lesbian instead of like all care. But now I feel like it's a lot more progressive. Like it's opened up. The nice thing was when they had the Google form, like they would always put like, if you were a person of color, they would put yours to the top because they wanted to like bring more representation to that. That's always something the queer community has been like, you know, like they're all for Black Lives Matter and they're like pushing the movement and like really, you know, being progressive as fuck. And it's 
So I'm yeah. proud of I love that solidarity. Yeah. We out here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was a fun game, though. I love that. And I hope <laughs> there was people, you know, I don't know if they would like to that we read their personals on there or not. But, you know, I was, I mean, I I'm know. happy to read my Labia Menorah one if I, yeah, I don't even yeah. know. I'd have to like dig deep to find it. I don't know. <laughs> yes. I, I would love to hear the verbatim post because yes. that's genius. <laughs> I will send it to you <laughs> when I find yes. it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I want to give you an opportunity to plug the many organizations and extracurriculars that you're a part of that you want people to know more about. Yes. Thank you, Leslie. It has been really lovely to talk to you. I would just like to plug JQ International. You can follow us on Instagram at JQ International. And then also, I mean, I normally have a lot more things to plug, but because <laughs> not as much going on. But if you're curious about Open Dyke Night, if you're in Los Angeles, whenever the pandemic ends, we will start up again. And that's yeah. at Open Dyke Night on Instagram. And then you can follow me on Instagram at Anna Argoods. But yeah, I feel like Instagram is definitely my mode of like networking. I use it a lot mm-hmm. to meet new people and connect with companies, organizations and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that's it. Perfect. I mean, highly recommend following Anna. I mean, you can watch her Dandy Frank videos and be as mesmerized as I was. Oh, thank you so much. I hope I can bring more back and bring back the back. Oh, yeah. I guess I'll plug the Backstreet Butches too, even though we haven't made a new video in a while. But it's really, really fun. If you're into it, it's at Backstreet underscore Butches. And take a look at that Kevin. He's really sexy. Yeah. (laughs) Kevin's really the star. He is. What can I say? And what can he say? You know, I hope that is my goal is actually to meet. We would love to meet the Backstreet Butches if anyone is listening and knows. I mean, meet the Backstreet Boys. If anyone is out there listening and knows the Backstreet Boys, please tell them about us. We think they would love our videos. Like we literally did a like verbatim copy of one of their quarantine music videos, the at home concert. Uh, iHeartRadio yes. concert. And so anyway, that's my dream. I just want to meet yes. I just want to meet you, Kevin. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Compare abs with Kevin him, Richardson. Like, I love uh, you. <laughs> let's make this happen. Anybody, please reach out. I'm going to link everything in the show notes. And I truly hope that this Backstreet Boys connection can come out of this podcast. That would be awesome. Thank you. And thank you again to Ryan for connecting us. <laughs> yes. Thanks so much, Ryan. Maybe one day I'll wear him down and he'll agree to be a guest himself, Aww. but I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. Well, bye, Leslie. Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.